Oi, stop arguing, you two. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science has a favourite movie. Ooh. Keep it short, you two. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. trust you at all. That's a tough one. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Cameron Shearer. Hello, Andrew Stapleton. And Teabag Gibson. G'day from Falcon. All right. I know what you two are like with movies, so I'm going <laughs> to time you. You've got one minute. One Gibbo. whole minute. What's your favourite movie? No, what is science's favourite movie? No, I want to know yours first. Oh, my favourite movie? Yeah. Jesus. Why um, are you always surprised by that question? Because... Uh, your minute. I, I Ten can't, seconds I gone. can't think you of... You don't deserve um, a whole minute. So I'd have to say overall, probably my favourite movie is Terminator 2. Why? Um, I remember when it came out, I didn't check any previews beforehand. Okay. I knew nothing about it. So when I went in and watched it, I thought Arnie was the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And Arnie wasn't. Oh, and it was a real a, shock. And the special twist. effects blew me away. Yep. And just generally, I liked the plot. All right, good. I liked you the don't time need a minute. Plot. That was only right. 40 a seconds. Very good example of time travel as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Look, now you're starting to nerd out. Stop it. Cameron, favorite movie, go. Uh, the Prestige. Ugh, I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's a good one. Is it? Know. What's yeah. the prestige? <laughs> it is hard to say, firstly, without sounding like a bit of a wanker. <laughs> I like the prestige. Uh, it's about two magicians in the early 1900s, late 1800s, yeah. and they kind of have a rivalry and it escalates. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, very good. So you got special effects or anything? Has it got guns? Uh, yeah, they do the, the trick the magicians do sometimes where they catch a bullet. Oh, yeah, in their uh, teeth. They do that. Yeah. You should well, watch it. Very good. I've yeah, got it on DVD. All yeah. right, I'll take it home. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. One moment. Oh, yeah, well, you were in Cameron, Cameron's uh, spare room with a library of impressive DVDs, oh, except no one. for Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy is just utter Lies. dross. Prestige. <laughs> Here we are. Don't all right, blame Warren. I'll guarantee you love Grey's Anatomy. God, as Hugh well. Jackman looks young, doesn't he? Yeah. That's what happens. Oh, people get old. Disgusting. Andy. Your favourite movie, Andy. What's going well, on? Well, I'd love to say Spice, Spice World, the movie. Okay. Uh, Go on. And you just did. And I just did. So that, no, I don't know. I used to have a soft spot for American Beauty. I have no idea mm-hmm. why. It was quite good. I think it was the first movie I watched that didn't have super load of guns and deaths yeah. that I went, oh, this was all yeah. right. I like that. Mm. Yeah. And there is a little bit of nudity in there as oh, well. I love the important? nudity. Exactly. Yeah, of course. For As teenage Andy, I mean, I certainly would have touch myself to that at some point no oh doubt lord i can't watch that movie again no <laughs> oh, you could probably guess which bits um the girl with the plastic bag floating in the wind exactly that bit uh, <laughs> i was gonna say kevin spacey working out in the <laughs> anyway science's favorite movie all right um it's got to be hard science hard science fiction oh, for me oh, and that God doesn't involve no that doesn't involve any extreme sexual acts so for me i'd say 2001 space odyssey that's a good answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, uh, very good one. What's the um, Carl Sagan wrote a book? Was it Contact? Yes. Uh, I think that's also a very good one. Yeah, that's a good choice like. too. You reckon it would go? I reckon. You see, I reckon science would want a day off from science. 
I reckon it would watch all this science. It would be like a builder oh. coming home and having to build something in yeah, his house. Yeah, why would it want to watch something about yeah, science? Yeah, why would it watch something about science? So I reckon it would watch Spice World the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of science? The complete opposite, yeah. <laughs> My favorite scene in that is where Baby Spice is on a swing in a double-decker bus. Oh, the yeah. The physics just doesn't work out. You don't well think done. a swing would work in a bus? Well, it would, but when they go in corners and stuff, oh, you yeah. just bang into things. She only goes back and forth. There's no yeah. like centrifugal force or anything exactly. like that happening. Yeah, yeah. Unless they were going <laughs> straight ahead the whole time and they didn't turn. Well, England's only so long. <laughs> they can go forward for like, I don't know, 10 hours and then they have to turn around. Is 10 yeah. hours not enough to swing for? <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't get on a set of swings <laughs> For less than 10 hours Thank you Oh, gentlemen mm, What's going on? Hi Guess what time it is I know News from the week You have been watching the Spice World movie with that little bit of auto-tune That's right, thank you Yep, it was perfectly in tune like you like you noticed All right Chris, you got loads. Go, Cameron, go. Well, so we had to miss a week or so of podcasts. And we one did. of the reasons is because I spent a week at a synchrotron. <gasps> yeah. The uh, thing that we talk about quite a lot. Uh, and so I'm glad that the first of my synchrotron visits for the year is over. Good. First of three. First of three. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And uh, it was lots of very hard work. I didn't expect to work as many hours as what I did. Oh, but, that's the worst type of surprise. But it actually felt easier. Like I felt less tired by the end of it than what I expected to be. So well, is that I, a win I worked for more, you or science? Um, for me. Okay, good. Can, can I interject with a small story related yes. to this? Yes. Cameron was very tired because I sent him a file to read. And he yes. responded with, I can only read this for 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and I thought, he's hurt his eyes. What's ha-? Like I thought he's been exposed to high-powered x-rays and yeah. he's at home with Goggles. bandages on his eyes. Yeah. And when I saw him, he said, no, I was just really tired. Yes, yeah, so my concentration span had reduced to a maximum of 30 seconds. <laughs> so reading long emails became very difficult. Yeah. Reading anything became difficult. Um, I was baking myself two coffees at a time. Uh, and I was by myself one morning. I put both my coffee cups down. One of them happened to be on my lab book. Uh, I was then working away. Yeah. Um, went to turn the page of my lab book uh, and spilled coffee all <laughs> over the table. Um, what? Yeah. There was obviously a cup on a page and yep. you turned it. Yep. Oh, well done. Well done, tiredness. That's, that's sleep deprivation. That's yeah. a form of torture. See, I've never had that because I don't have children and I... Don't, no, go to synchrotrons. don't go to synchrotrons very often. <laughs> never worked hard that hard. I have never, ever worked hard in my life. I've always had a good night's sleep. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's why you look so young and fresh, Andy. Thank you very much. So I'd actually written down mistakes people made, but I'd forgotten about that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so there were four of us that went and all of us made like a terrible mistake at oh, some point. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Let uh, us hear it. All right. So the first mistake happened on the first evening that we were let to use it ourselves, like not with supervision of someone from the synchrotron. Yeah. And uh, so we do everything. Hang on, within one day, they just let you, all right, off you go. Yeah. God. I know. That's trusting. <laughs> yeah, I bet they regretted that. <laughs> so uh, all these experiments are completed under ultra-high vacuum, mm. which means that there's less air inside there than what there is in space. 
Whoa. So there's no air at all? There's no particles in Zero there? Zero air particles. Well, very few okay. air particles. There's still some. Uh, but what that means is that you can't just stick your hand in to move samples around. Sure. You kind of need to use these little mechanical arms, we call them, to you reach in and move oh, a sample what, from one spot to, to another. you got to use like little robot arms to move things around. Well, they were mostly manually moving around. Okay. That's still impressive. Yeah. So one of one one thing we did was we had to use a transfer arm to move samples from where they could be heated to where they could be measured. In other words, transfer the samples. Yes. Ah, that's why it's called that. Yeah, the transfer <laughs> yeah. arm. And so the both the mistakes were using the transfer arm. That fucking transfer. Arm. So mm. um, if you kind of think like, how do you just move a, an entire sample from one place to another? They kind of have this weird spring and clip mechanism. Okay. Mm. Um, and so one person didn't quite, they did the spring part, but not the clip part. Oh no. So when they let go, it just shot it it's, around. It sprung. Yeah. And it sprang off. <laughs> it went bang into a window and that's where it stayed <laughs> for the rest of the week. <laughs> it, it stuck it, to the window. It hit the window and then it like it slid it down. went straight down, but you could see it in the window. Was oh, that, that's you, wicked. You'd have heard it if there was air in there sliding down the window. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell them? Well, it was pretty obvious. Oh, okay. It was a big sample. All right. <laughs> Let's hope no one notices. <laughs> Let's hope no one looks in that one big window. <laughs> Every time they come past, you're mysteriously standing in front of it. <laughs> What's that interesting thing over there? <laughs> so that was one. And then the Excellent. second mistake was this transfer arm. There was a rule. <laughs> Only move it around clockwise. So it goes all the way around. And we once asked, why, why can't we go anti-clockwise? And I goes, I'll explain that later. That never happened. Yeah. So we weren't really told why not. We were just told not to, to move it anti-clockwise. Still a fairly simple rule to follow. Yes. So <laughs> the last thing that we ever did on the synchrotron was get that transfer arm stuck <laughs> by moving it anti-clockwise. <laughs> did they say to you like, did John explain to you why? <laughs> Uh, so That's the like, kind of thing that does drive people mad. So I wasn't the one who called them up because this happened at two in the morning. Ooh. I wasn't the one who called them up to say it happened. Yeah. But what I heard was they're a bit unhappy that it happened, but they're not that unhappy. Oh, that's well, you did. Hang on, you got to call someone at two a.m. Yes. To wake someone up and say we fucked up your like really I, expensive machine. I think that they sent texts at two and then they called at six or okay. something like that. Oh, God, imagine being that person waking up. The instrument technicians oh, on, on those uh, God, patience of a uh, saint. And uh, anyone from the Canadian Light Source or the High Store in Japan listening, um, none of those mistakes were by me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think maybe the last podcast we recorded or a few before that, yep. I hijacked one of Gibbo's segments and I'm doing it again. Gibbo's Science Heroes. Give us science heroes. Holy oh shit, I've done something heroic. Oh my God, give us a fucking hero. What did I do? What did I do this time? All right, so collaboration is a key part of science. Key <sighs> part of science. It is. Without and sometimes it, mm. you're working on projects for people with other people. Yep. That's a major collaboration. So, uh, for instance, I'm currently in a collaboration with... A uh, hero of the show, Justin Chalker. Justin yep. Chalker, he's the man. And uh, Chris is doing ramen for him. And I 
Andy, I mean, you'll be surprised that I'm an expert in this. I am doing contact angle measurements. God, what a way to squeeze your name onto a paper. What did you do? I made something wet. And no. A, and took a photo of it. <laughs> not wet. Oh, yeah. Hydrophobic. Hydrophobic. <laughs> I tried to make something wet and I failed. It fears water. Oh, right. that's the most rubbish reason to be on a paper. I'm so sorry. I'm happy to be doing it. <laughs> Thanks, Justin, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't have the exact date here. Something uh, like Tuesday this week, Chris Gibson, the hardest working man in ramen, ramen man, and sends an email a- to a bunch of the authors. He included me because I'm the contact angle guy, yep. and I would clearly can't be leave you off about what he's done with the ramen. Now that email came through at three nineteen a.m. Is that uh, right, Chris? What? About that? Um, actually, that's part of what I wanted to talk about this week. 319 a.m. 319 a.m. Exactly correct. All right, yep. What the fuck is wrong yep. with you? Yep. All right. Uh, the next day, I happened to be doing my contact angle measurements for this paper. Ooh. I then, as an equally or more so hardworking person, <laughs> worked hard, got my parts done, and emailed them through to all the authors. And I happened to include Chris yep. in this. My email went through at 3.49 a.m., half an hour later than what Chris had worked the night before. Yeah, actually, I have to correct that. Mine mine went through um, at 3.13 3.13? Yeah, so yeah, 30, yeah. I worked what? for 33 minutes longer. Hang yeah. on. Well, what? 36, yeah. First of all, what on earth are you guys doing science at that time for? Why? Things just need to get done, Andy. Super. Some things can't wait until 7 a.m. I reckon it's bad time management. So I'm, ima- so I'm imagining that Chris had fallen asleep. He, it, Chris would have put his son to bed, fallen asleep, and then woken up uh, in a cold sweat and then gotten up and written his part. Must do my paper. Um, no, I think that night actually I, I did the whole push through. So I, I was awake the whole time. Yeah. Wow. I obviously worked later. So that's why... I am this week's Givo Science Hero. <laughs> Givo's not the hero, it's Cameron. Cameron's broken the mould. Well, right. I mean, I would also point out that my email went through at 3.49am, <laughs> but I had set a delayed sentence. <laughs> yes. I asked Cameron about this because I noticed this and I said to him, so did you do that delay send thing that you and Andy said you can magically do with email? And he said, nah, that doesn't exist. And I went, oh, you stayed up till 3.49. And I have continued to believe that lie until now. Oh, this is brilliant. I'm this week's Gibbo's sneakiest scientist. Yeah. Gibbo's got a sneaky scientist. You're absolutely right. I did have a sneaky scientist section, and you're both. Yeah. Uh, right. Well done. You've you've pulled the wool over an old man's eyes. <laughs> Fooled a decrepit old man who doesn't know much about computers. Yeah. It's like it's like showing gullible. a caveman fire. Like it's is it really that impressive? <laughs> well. Um, I guess I better do do my news segment now. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I was actually uh, I was going to discuss some of this, right? And I was going to call it the Gibbo T Bone Falcon and Cameron who can send emails regarding science the latest at night competition, <laughs> or the GTCCWCSEMRSL competition. Um, and and let, let's give a little bit of background. This actually began because on the 16th of September 2015, at 3.21am, I sent through 
some comments and corrections to a paper which you're on, Andy, the graphene thickness paper. Oh. I sent what? that through to yes. I sent right. that through to Cameron and Joe. I, apparently, I didn't see you. Didn't see. I and I tell you what, I wish I'd done some contact angle measurements for that one. <laughs> oh. um, and that's where. And I do remember the next day. I remember Cameron going, "Wow, you sent that one through late." And then yeah. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Shapter, who's uh, that's our boss, what you want. Look, was mate. on it, and he's he no. His response was, "What the hell were you doing at that time, sending it?" Yeah, emails? but that's what you want. You want people to notice it, so you go, "Oh, I'm such a hard worker." I'm like a. <laughs> I'm like I'm already, an open, I'm already home. Yeah, I'm like an open book to you, Andy. You know exactly how I work. So that's what I was gonna. That was gonna be a big chunk of my news as well today. Um, was that little competition that Cameron is currently leading, yes. but no longer, no longer than now he used the magic fire email sending forward in the future thing. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've been doing it this whole time. You yeah, just, you're just playing dumb. Fuck. I reckon you're, just, you're yeah. playing ignorant. I can't play dumb. <laughs> I reckon he's. <laughs> I reckon you got an IT man in and be like, "Look, let's just pretend I wanted to send an email if later. How do it, would I do that? You know, if the way I was going to do that is, I would. I You'd would, have to call the IT man. No, I would set my alarm and I would wake <laughs> up, open my computer, start it up, and then send it. Your poor, poor wife. Have you fixed your glasses? No, your lens is still no. out. No, no, I've got one lens missing and a side of the frame is broken. This happens <laughs> Jesus, to all my glasses. They're getting worse. Yeah. Give Buy a-, a case. I've got a case. Use a case. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, that's really all I was going to talk about. I'm going to I'm going to skip my my massive news a little bit this week, Ooh. but I am going to go forward to the Cameron Science Rubbish Scientist Competition. Science rubbish science hero. Whoa, 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 whoa! Take the rubbish out of all the right. song. It's P-Pop's most relevant scientist of the year competition. P-Pop's most relative science competition. You said relative. You mean relevant, don't you? Yeah, and you also said science, not scientist. What what have I got to say? <laughs> Give me the whole sentence. P-pop most relevant scientist of the year competition. Oh, fucking hell, there's too many words. <laughs> it's the P-pop most relevant scientist of the year competition. Yeah, that's it. Was that it? Yeah. I felt like I got it wrong. Yes. Very good. So we've had some movement on this. Hey, am I in the lead? Movement. I recommend the fucking lead. Hold on. Oh, what type of movement? On. Hold on. Good movement. Uh, all like, the numbers have gone up. I, I'm not going to tell you the positions yet. Relief bowel movement. Good. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you now. Oh, yeah. So, GTF, that's uh, Gibbo, T-Bone, Falcon. <laughs> T-Bag. 1.62. 1.62. Had some movement up. All got right. a bunch of extra sites, but unfortunately, a, a paper I'm on appeared. Schmoopy. I like the way that getting an extra publication now is actually, like a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> actually, I don't know. Not, only, not if you self-cite a bunch. I'm not, okay. I'm not, yeah. yeah. Um, Schmoopy. Schmoopy. Is 2.36. Whoa. That was huge. You had a big jump. A big bunch of sites Holy came through Scopus. Well done. Yeah, big bunch. Sounds like I'm going to win this though. BA or Baldy Andy. No. You can't be. 2.07. Oh, but you've gone up a lot as well. I have gone up. We were all going oh, up. You went up two sites. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Perfect. when you've got three papers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it jumps well, significantly. It's 14. Yeah, four, n- 14, sorry. 14. Yeah. 14. So currently for 2017, um, you've got 29 sites for 2017. That's good, I think. Um, I've got 102 and Cameron Schmoopy's got 106. Jesus, Schmoops. But luckily on, Go- on Google Scholar, I'm, I'm destroying you because I've got 149 and you've got 146. But Google oh. Scholar can be gamed. Yeah, I mean, remember, your, really? is how many of those sites are for your... 
article in Beauty Magazine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got one coming up in Ladies' Shoes. <laughs> it's your news now, Andy. It's my news. Guess what, guys? Don't rest easy with your P-pop most relevant scientist of the year competition. Oh, what have don't you got? rest easy, guys, because... But I was. What? Don't, no, don't rest easy. But I was Don't to. rest Can at I? all. Don't, don't rest, rest hard. I'm busy sending emails at 4 a.m. Don't rest hard. Don't rest easy. Don't rest medium. Okay. And it was 319. <sighs> That's right. I have got another paper coming through. What? From... UniSA. Look, oh. it's taken a while. It's like I gave up what? like six months ago, right? Yeah. But only just another paper that I was involved in. It's all the, the work of a, like, yeah, a little cl- collaboration I had going there. Okay. Yeah, your rubbish anyway, science score is going to plummet now. Oh, well, but I tell you what, that paper is going to be so fucking good. It's going to boo, 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 boo. It's going to go up. It's going to go up and up and up, man. Do you know what the best thing about this paper is? I said that I'd write it and then I left. And someone wrote it for me. Oh, that's amazing. That's the best way to write a paper. Just not to do just it. Just not, just leave. And what my plan is now is go get re-employed back there and do the same thing again <laughs> and just build up my papers like that. Perfect. Um, uh, well, where is well that one going to get sent to? <clears throat> uh, probably um, Australasian Surface Chem C. <laughs> <laughs> You've been out of the game for a while, I think. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I, I lost that bit. Send me the link to that uh, that journal. I might send I will, some yeah. stuff to it. <laughs> All right, my good chums. <laughs> I love the Andy impression. Guess what time it is. I don't know. Tell me. Topic time. I'm hosting this. <laughs> it's topic for the week. Oh, it's Yay. like listening to a mirror. I mean, <laughs> you are a strange one. Uh, and 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 I'm reading this part of the second section because this week I got direct emailed our topic for the week. You got wow. direct email. Direct emailed. Impressive. So this email comes from fan of the show. Oliver Winter. Hi, Oliver Winter. Thanks, Ollie. I assume you're a Gibsonite. All right. So uh, I, I, I also think he hates Teabag, but he also might like some other nicknames because Ooh. the email begins, Hey, Schmoopy. Ooh, oh, brilliant. Give oh, her. Well done. It. Oh, that made me feel good. It's uh, taking off. And some good news uh, for Ollie is that this month, uh, he had his PhD uh, accepted and finished. Oh, excellent. Well done. Well done. Well Dr. done. Dr. Oliver Winter, currently working at the Technical University of Vienna. Well, and so he went through the, obviously through the German system because you're yes. at Munster? Yep. Well, double congratulations because yeah, that actually, shits all over the yeah, Australian yeah. system. Actually worth <laughs> something. Worked double as hard. All right. And so uh, uh, he wrote to me. Saying uh, thanks for being such a great mentor during his PhD. No, he didn't, uh, did he? And uh, so on and so forth. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Cameron. Uh, But he also gave a question for the podcast. Uh, And so he asked, do you have a strong personal bond to your research or your specific topic? Or is it just something that that you are accidentally good at, good at, so that you are at some point decided to stay in this area? And do you think it is... Is oh far out. I'm gonna start all that again. <laughs> Do it. Do it. You know, just read the thing and you can will that work? Just read the whole thing again, yeah. Alright. And so uh, and he sent me an email and what he said was this. Do you have a strong personal bond to your research 
or your specific. Jesus, you're <laughs> terrible at this. It's uh, harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah, all this hosting business, is it? Eh? How tough is this? <laughs> uh, I'm turning my phone on the side so the sentences look longer. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You, you, all right, Oli sent in the topic this week. And right, he, said, he asked. <laughs> <laughs> He's corpsing. So it's called corpsing. When you can't stop laughing. Do you have a strong... (laughs) 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 Oh, don't be careful because I've got my important stuff on the back. (laughs) Why did you ask me to do this? (laughs) We're going to have to switch back to you. You Make sure you keep... I feel so good. You've got to keep all this though. Yeah, of course. This is gold. Platinum. This is francium. Francium. France, Francium, it's more valuable than <laughs> <than gold. laughs> I don't know. Uh, Cameron, what are you talking what about? about <laughs> Is Myrrh any good? I don't know. Frankincense. All right. Ollie's email, take about six. <laughs> Do you have a strong personal bond to your research or your specific topic, or is it just something that you are accidentally good at so that at some point you decided to stay in this area? And do you think it is important to have that regarding the quality of your results? Um, he's thinking, is the more you like your topic, the better your results going to be? Mm. Mm. Good question. Very good series of questions. Well, let's take the first one. So, first of all, the first question is, do you have a strong personal bond to your research? So, so I was just thinking, in a way to answer this, could we give us a brief description of how we fell into the research that we're in? Does, I mean, would you would we describe that topic as nanotechnology? Because that kind of yeah, I guess. I mean, that's the one that we all have been yeah, in. It's so it's not it's not like how did I get into cantilevers? It's more yeah. how did I get into nanotechnology? Yeah, Andy. Uh, I it, tell you what, I had no. There has been no career planning to get to the nanotech bit it was really? like i'll do this and it's always been a lifestyle decision for your, me. your undergrad was just broadly chemistry broad chemistry so in the uk you do chemistry like that's it i didn't do any physics uh, didn't honor, do any biology what, what honors for you honors is just you everyone just gets honors because our university system is way better so your so. phd was the first time <laughs> so you just <laughs> got oh, yeah, that's right that's right you went to university of welsh of Wales. Welsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> University of Wales, Swansea. <laughs> Sorry, um, yeah. And yeah, and I did four years there, straight up master's and MCHEM, which isn't as good as a MSc. But uh, yes, yeah, so then straight to a PhD, PhD, and then ended up in the nanotech world. That was it. In, in Newcastle, in Australia. In Newcastle, Australia, yeah. So what, what got you into that project though? What was the thing that, that you liked uh, about It was that? solar technology and I was going to a sunny country. <laughs> Oh, so it wasn't so, was so like, much oh, about the science. Sense. No, no, of course not. No, I had no, I had no idea. I just I stumbled through life at that point and just like, oh, this seems fine. Oh, wow. So in terms of strong personal bond at that point, I had no bond to anything. Yeah. Cameron? I think, I mean, we we kind of talked about how we got into science at one point. I yeah. can't remember. But yeah, I, I really just followed like a pretty random path of just things happened and I said yes yeah pretty much until now mm. um and so the nanotechnology as a whole it was just kind of something that was interesting and new mm. so that's why I kind of did the first few nanotechnology projects yeah um and my first projects kind of the big the big goal there was kind of just kind of making better consumer electronic products and so I have recently made a 
conscientious decision to try to move more towards like energy related things sure and mm. so that's really the only part like and it's only happened recently where i'm doing a bit of research where like that topic is something that to i'm really a profile, interested in like a, a brand a personal brand yeah yeah you yeah. know well i i always kind of liked physics i have to admit even as a as a teenager, nerd. And things like that. Yeah, I did like what physics. A nerd. So I got into physics. Um, I did a major in physics in my undergrad, and then I did my honours in atomic physics because that was the main physicsy thing happening at um, Griffith Uni where I went. But there was a lot. It was pretty hard atomic physics. Heavy D knows this very well. Electron spectrometers, electron guns, vacuum systems, stop sound tables. Wave, stop waving your big yeah. physics dong around. Come on. I can't help it. Um, I mean, just like what I was using at the synchrotron last week. Exactly. Exactly. And it's hard. And a lot of quantum mechanics, really hard. And I did this topic um, during my honours year, which was all about AFM, atomic force microscopy. What? And it did, it did interest me because on this magical machine, you could collect data within a day. And I thought, oh, wow. And also you could leave it scanning while you went to go get something to eat. And I, it, it did seem sort of interesting. And, and nanotechnology, this is way back in the early to mid-90s. You have to understand nanotechnology back then was like, oh, wow. And that's when people were like, no, it's going to be the, it's gonna this be the is next gonna biggest be the thing. thing. So I thought, I'm a follower. Let's yep. get on board. Um, and I, I did have an interest in it. And I thought it was interesting. And yep. that's basically how I got into nanotech. So I started, did my PhD in nanotechnology. Well, Cameron... Do you feel at the moment that you have a strong personal bond with your current research? A uh, strong personal bond. So no, not really. So I. So if I if I said to you, Cameron, you are no longer going to do your research. Yep. How would you feel? Um, I would be a bit disappointed they didn't finish and achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve for the project. But yeah. I I wouldn't be that. You'd be like, all upset right, move about on. It. Yeah. Okay. So Noni, we just listened to the podcast with Noni on it. I can't yep. remember the number. 34, maybe? 34, yep. And she said in there that her goal for her research was to achieve longevity through nanotechnology. Yep. And listening to that, I thought, wow, that's a great like overarching motive for research. Hmm. Um, and I guess my overarching motive for research would be, you know, in the long term, I think that humans will need to leave Earth. And we currently don't have the uh, technological technological advancements to achieve that. And yeah. so I kind of want to be doing things to help in that space. Uh, and so I'm mostly looking at energy. And I really don't think that what I'm doing right now is really helping that. Right. Mm. Okay, fair enough. So that's when I, when I tell you that I wouldn't be that upset. It's, I'm right. not like rushing. I'm not working 100 hours a week. Yeah. Trying to get this done because my, my next big discovery is it's going around to be the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of you might know that I, I, I do research into uh, into cantilevers. What? Yeah. You've never mentioned that. Springy, springy, um, springy beams. Springy, little springy things. So so the reason I got into that was that was the probably the first project where I came up with the idea, I did the experiments, I did the analysis, and I I brought that baby home. Pretty well on my own, but with with a few help, with some help from some other people, and so that was my first baby, and I have really been unable to let go of it. For so that wow, reason. you are really you are you've got kind of this emotional attachment. I, I do, I guess I do, and it was just it was something that I, I felt definitely good at. I do feel that I am I am probably the greatest experimental AFM cantilever calibrator in the world. I think I think that is your <laughs> fucking bollocks. 
I think that's been established right. pretty well. Uh, what about Chris Sader? Uh, no, the, John Sader. I'm the experimental cantilever okay, calibrator. He's, he's the, the greatest theoretician in okay. cantilever calibration that's yeah. ever lived. Um, so I, I guess I don't have an overarching sort of theme like longevity or um, space travel or, or moving off the planet like Cameron. I don't really have that. I got into cantilevers because I was good at it, really. Yeah, well, that, I, that I mean, so good. that's that's, um, that's exactly what Ollie asked Ollie's, about. Yeah. yeah, that was one. Of, that was the main reason. It's interesting that you were good at it, and obviously that gave you some good feedback, not only for yourself, but people must have been like, "Oh, that was great. You did really good." And then that gives you a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling, and you go, "I'm going to do this some." In more. my group, it held it. It opened up a whole field, so we did a whole bunch of work on cantilever calibration and and, and AFM calibration in general. So yeah. it was quite good for everyone, uh, but. <laughs> What's interesting about what he said there was how does that affect the quality of your research in other projects? Mm. He's kind of asking that as well. And, and we, we've all been involved in other projects where we've done bits of work. Yeah. You know, where we do a bit of work and Squeeze that ends up in a paper. paper. Yeah. And I'd like to think that even though that's not my work, my, my idea perhaps, I would like to think that I still put pretty well the same amount of effort into that research but right. i can't be even I, though even though even it's, it's not, not your baby yeah. and the reason is i i, I want to do that is because of the scientific method it's because what i do is going to be peer-reviewed yeah and so i want it to be good so that it gets accepted and the yeah. paper gets accepted and that helps everyone else and myself um, but also i want to do a good job so that if someone repeats the work they don't come back and say that's rubbish mm. So it's the scientific method that keeps us honest and makes us push, hopefully, harder to do good quality work. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I might be involved in a project. Say, for example, the one um, I was involved with you and Yanni, that paper that got published. I can't deny <laughs> the one that we uh, in Thin Soul Films. Yanni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> deny that perhaps the overall topic was not something oh, I was yeah, yeah. massively into, but there was a problem within that that I was asked to solve. And so when we solved that, I did feel a a quite a great fuzzy. deal of reward. Yeah, not, yeah. not too different to to when I um, excel at cantilever work, you know. So I yeah, so I would like to think I would like to think that the that even if the area of research I'm I'm, I'm working on or whatever experiments aren't to do with my topic I'm still going to try my heart. As a postdoc, I kind of changed about. As soon as I got my PhD, I went into uh, mining and then I came back and did electrodes and then I was doing some, then I did some AFM stuff. And then mm -hmm. my last job as a scientist, as a researcher, was super reflective mirrors. Mm. And I tell you, of all of those, I enjoyed aspects of all of those, but the last project didn't interest me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did it because I needed a job mm -hmm. or, you know, I needed something at the end of the contract. And I was very kindly offered through networking this opportunity for two years worth of, of funding. And I was like, great, excellent. That's two years more of money. I can then work out what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. I just didn't give it my all. So in terms of like the quality of my results for that one, if they had got someone that really, really was into that project, I'm sure that they could have achieved a lot more than me in that short time mm -hmm. than I did. I went in, I knew what I had to do and I knew the milestones and I was like, right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. The last project I did, I think the quality of the results really suffered mm -hmm. because I, I didn't want to look at another mirror. I didn't want to yeah. vacuum deposit another metal film like... I didn't want to go in the lab and do it. Boom, there you go. <laughs> There's some honesty for you, B-poppers. 
One thing I'll say about a project that, that does make a difference to me, I have to say, is if the project is on something I think that's, that actually could be quite important. So, for example, and we, we talked about this earlier, and this ties back to some of the news we had earlier <clears throat> as well. So, Justin's work, Cameron. Yes. You know, uh, I won't talk about the very latest stuff we're doing because we haven't published Sneaky. it yet. But some of the stuff I've worked on with Justin is basically uh, sequestering uh, mercury, which is important, especially in third world countries yep. and things like that. So I won't necessarily put that work before other work between nine to five, but I am more likely to spend time on it outside of work hours. Oh, okay. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, so that, that, that is a difference with me. So I won't necessarily... That's weird. I'd expect it to be the other way around. Like you squeeze the shit in that you don't want to do in the day and then at night you're willing to the, the, sacrifice something to work longer. With my job though, it tends to be training people and things like that. So I yeah, want to do right. that between nine to five. I want to do those things in and running samples and things like that. So mm. I, I try not to, and I might fail at this at times, I try not to put things, you know... Uh, ahead of other things mm. and I try to do that as they come to me like a, a queue an orderly queue but outside of ours I might work on projects I'm more interested in mm. uh, a lot more but do you think that those you're more interested in them because of the topic as a whole because like the the oh. environmental aspects or the fact that they could be published in higher ranking publications I, I'm not entirely altruistic yeah. <laughs> there, there, there is a reason there yeah. I mean it, it's nice yeah. that it could be used to help people yeah but there's also a component that is wow this could end up in a good journal and this yeah. could help me oh yeah yeah so there's no, definitely no, no. a helping myself component I can't deny that well I mean my follow-up there is so the I mean Ollie's asked like because you're interested in the topic and so the topic for you and I Chris a lot is the topic is like the characterization technique yeah. And we're quite interested in a few characterization techniques and I can't really tell you why. Maybe because I'm just good at these ones is why I like yep. them. But a topic as a whole, say, that's where I was kind of going, coming from before where the topic would be like, what's the end goal of this research? Right. Um, and if that's driving you somewhere. But I think that when it comes down to just these short-term goals... Uh, I think no matter what you're doing, you'll forget about that long-term goal quite a lot. Yeah. And you'll just focus on the next paper or the next set of data or whatever else you yeah, want to Yeah, I have to admit, next. I don't think I've got a big overarching long-term goal. You're just like going through and you're like, yep, solve that problem, solve that yeah, problem. Yeah, I think, I think that might be, maybe that's a weakness in my career. I need to focus on, mm. on, a, on a big goal. Your goal is H index of uh, 20. <sighs> oh, you can do it. You can do it. Thanks, T. Great questions, though. Great yeah, questions. Really good question. That was interesting. I wish our goals weren't just papers, though. Mm. Wouldn't that be yeah. Nice? yeah. I don't know. I love seeing my name in print. Our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And today, the Science This topic is from the forum from Mike, thanks, who Mike. I know from UQ. So, Mike. Thanks for contributing to the forum. The topic is football. Uh, here we go. Water ooh, pile ooh, of ooh, shit. Ooh. Let's do football, this thing. Come on, guys. Don't, Jesus. don't be like that. Uh, be neutral. Oh, water pile of neutral shit. <laughs> Saying neutral isn't the same as being neutral. Bring oh, the rubbish. Bring it on, Andy. Bring All on right. your, uh, well, your I'll rubbish. I'll go first. This. Yep, this is going to be oh, good. Oh, okay. Do it. Just destroying football just because it's gonna be oh, i hate sports mm. i hate 
you know what I hate about sports? That other people love them. Yeah. Mm. And that you're mm. no good at that. Oh, I, no, I could be good. No, you could I be. could be so good no, you if be. I tried and cared enough. Do you and know what you I don't like about sport? Different. You know what I hate about this silly sport <laughs> shit? What do you hate about it, Andy? <laughs> don't look at me when you say this. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> it's clearly that these guys and girls have got nothing else to do. Life is so good that they can kick a bit of round thing around a field for a mm-hmm. little bit. Yep. And be and then be happy. Yeah. Mm. And that annoys me. Well, there is a theory that... that it's a test uh, of skill. Yeah, sport, organised sports like this develop because we, we move from a hunter-gatherer society to more agrarian culture. What does, well, the, what does the second word well, mean? Well, we don't, we don't... Agrarian, like agricultural. Oh, you know? okay. So thanks. we don't hunt anymore, so we don't ah. have that sort of physical Good. Um, output. So we, But we want to see it and we want to engage in it. Gladiators. Bring back gladiators. Bring it on. Anyway. I was trying to think about why I don't like sports. Among many things... Sweating, moving, sweating, running. Sweating, yeah. Me, personally, I hate high, all that. Euphoria. But I don't have to... The good thing is I don't have to participate in sport. But nope. the problem is sometimes like I have to go along to sport, charity sport events. I don't know why else I'd go. Anyway. <laughs> just for charity. Just for charity. That's the what only reason I go. was the last charity sport event you It was to? an AFL game. for. It was called Laces, Lace Up for Lynn. And it was a breast cancer charity event. And okay. I walked around the field with Sophie. And yeah. we were so close to the action that I heard all the wet meat slapping sounds of like the men running into each other. Yeah, that's so, sorry, disgusting. I'm just imagining you mincing around the <laughs> sideline carrying your very girly doll yeah. in your arms exactly. so she doesn't get any mud on her. <laughs> How did you know this last, that last bit? That, that is worth sport existing uh, entirely. Uh, that is brilliant. So there was loads of men in there shouting. So there should have been 36 men just prancing around the oval like you With were. a dog. I would have loved it. I'd have been gone up and scruffed up their dogs and you everything. You need to invent your own sport, a sport that you would Yeah, love. it's called Crufts. <laughs> I love that. What a great dog. The do- oh, the dogs do most of the work. Yeah, you do exactly. all the grooming though, I guess. I do all the grooming and I get to wear a nice suit and mince around. <laughs> all right. So when I do go to sporting events, the one thing I don't like is that you can like mm-hmm. so we're talking football, right? Football, in, football. With, with football, you can go and you can waste ninety minutes of your life for zero zero result. Oh, this is for the international game of soccer. Of soccer, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the thrills of low scores and heaps of ties. Yeah, like that. What a waste! I wasted ninety minutes just to see some men shuffle a bit of plastic around the field for no cheering. <laughs> what a waste! <laughs> yep. Is the ball made of plastic? <laughs> Leather. <laughs> Whatever. I don't give a shit. I've never touched one. <laughs> I, 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 I assumed it was plastic. It's shiny. <laughs> Sometimes they're furry. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's white. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So what I'm doing is my, my science this is I'm going to change one aspect of the game mm-hmm. and measure what impact that has on the goals. So as an so that as a spectator, you get a balance of goals, but interesting things going on, not mm. just some wet meat sounds and people <laughs> and being like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> right. You want more excitement? Oh, more game. excitement! 
right? Yep. <laughs> man on, man on. I don't understand what that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that all the time. Yeah. Like when all the manly men are like walking, man on, man on, man. Yeah, man on. Get your man on. Come on. Is that what it means? <laughs> what Cameron, it you want to you feel this one? It means there's an opponent close to you. Yeah, like why not shout, watch out? Because um, that could mean something else. That could mean there's a, uh, a meteor. <laughs> that could mean <laughs> a plane's from falling the from the sky. All watch right. Out. So anyway, it's all. So instead of all this man on man on it, bullshit and all you. What I'm doing is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for one of the football games. I'm only letting them use one leg, but it has to be their bad kicking leg. Okay. I think that would be excellent. Yes. All right. You know, they're often equally good with both. Well, they're going to choose their worst one. Okay. All right. So I think that would be fun. Actually, no, fuck it. We'll get rid of one of their so, legs. As they're hopping? <laughs> they're waiting. hopping. All right. Yeah. I was waiting for that. That would hopping. make kicking quite difficult. I think that would be awesome to watch. <laughs> I would watch that game. It would make movement quite difficult as well. <laughs> I, I think, think that would be excellent. Kicking would be hard. I think kicking, kicking would is be harder hard. than movement. People would end leg. up on their ass a lot. Oh, that would be, I would watch that. See, now we're talking like about a sport. I mean, I know that the goal situation will probably still be quite low, but yeah. it would be so much fun to watch. All right, second one. I'm fed up with this spherical ball thing in soccer. Ooh. Okay. Right? I want... A ball that's slightly off off center mass, so that when you kick it, you don't know which way it's going to go. I'd <laughs> yeah. watch that game, like an AFL ball. No, what? An AFL football? No, but they're like like a rugby ball, right? Yeah. No, what I mean is you like don't know a, where th- which way they're going to bounce. No, but what I mean is like in, it's still spherical, but like a um, it's symmetric, I guess. Uh, it's asymmetric. So you mean it's even weighted differently? Weighted to one side, so okay, that as so they it's... kick it, so you never know which way so it's going to... So it could gonna, move, like... even move through the air differently. Exactly. Oh, shit. I okay. think that would be really fun. Um, yeah. I want the same sized football pitch, but I want to put 50 people against 50 people. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That I'd watch that. Yeah. And also give them, like, uh, cattle prods. I, I think I see a theme to how you want to science football. You just want it to be... Uh, painful and agonizing and confusing. Yeah. And you, no, you want it to be no fun for anyone. <laughs> except you don't have any except, fun. Except for you watching. <laughs> and my last one is, um, I don't think the size of the nets are right. Mm-hmm. Should be bigger? Way smaller. Way smaller. I'm thinking the size. <laughs> the size of like smaller the ball. Than, smaller than the ball. <laughs> Slightly yeah. smaller than the ball. Actually. And I'm- then they'll always be zero, zero. <laughs> And so what I'm going to do is change one of these things and I'm going to measure my own excitement about watching this game. Okay. Um, and the one that gives me the most happiness, I'm going to, that's going to be football. Yeah. I feel like you would have a great time for the first 15 minutes when everyone's like, oh, why is this ball bouncing weird? <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, ha. Huh? Yeah. But I think over the 90 minutes of one whole game, you would get bored of I, each of those I things. I feel like it would it would start off really well and then it would dip in the middle. Yeah. And then the people playing would get so frustrated that it would start being fun for me again. Okay. So you yeah. want to change the game to entertain you. Only me, yeah. Couldn't you change yourself to be entertained by the game? What, yeah. Why would I change me if I'm perfect? Just take some LSD. You'll have a great time. I would love to take some LSD and watch <laughs> soccer. Yeah, fuck that. I'm just going to take some LSD. Done. <laughs> Cameron, over to you. All right. So I've also got a few like Andy. And you can think of each of these as I would set them up as a scientific experiment with some control groups 
negative controls, placebo, that type of thing. Placebo sport? Uh, yeah, I didn't really think that. I mean, <laughs> that might relate to some of these things. You guys right, okay. have come here unprepared as usual. All right. So, uh, I mean, Mike, you, you met him at UQ, but he's yeah. now in the US. Yes. So when he says football, I'm not sure if he means American football, oh, yeah. soccer, uh, either of the rugby's. Which one gets called football? Chris? New South Wales. Depends is. what state you're in. If you're in New South Wales, footy is rugby league. If you're Victorian in South Australia, it's AFL. Yeah. But rugby, rugby doesn't really get called footy. Rugby gets called rugby. But when you say rugby, you mean union? Rugby union. This yeah. is boring. <laughs> it's the same game this, with different amounts of this slapping. Is, this is brilliant. I love this. <laughs> So I, I know the Australian rules football the best, but everything I say will probably work for most footballs. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, often uh, what happens in the team, you want to you build your strongest team. Mm-hmm. And so a way to do that is to trade in new players. Yeah. Okay. And for, so... For bigger, better well, people. Well, so you want to trade in the best players, but for you don't worst. really want to spend too much on mm, them. Okay. So I think that's like I'm trying to minimize how much you spend. Yeah. But you also want that player to come play for your team. Mm. So my first science this would be to uh, use the fact that players will often go to a team in a city that they want to live in. And so some players recently have been changing cities because that's where their girlfriend is from. Oh, well. oh. <laughs> Hang on, in professional football? In professional football. Where are we going with this? So, my first science this will be, so now, I mean, science is ruthless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're going to kill the girlfriends. And so am I <laughs> in my football phase. So, I'm going to find promising young single players. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm going to then Virgins. send in my agents. Yeah, my agents are young women uh, who are desirable to these young players. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. assuming here heterosexuality, but uh, no. What did I say, women? Or did you I say said young? women? Uh, well, yeah. I'll, I'll, whoever's desirable to them. Okay, good. And I will. I will. That would be my agents to seduce these players, and then they would act as my uh, spies to convince them to get traded to my team. Okay, so some. Some high-class prostitution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Imagine, Interesting. Uh, just imagine how much <laughs> semen is going to have to be spilt for this fucking <laughs> science. But what's going to happen is my team then will get players to come join them for a lower price. Uh, and so that's the way the team's going to get better. Perfect. All right. My second idea was that in the AFL, there is a draft system for the, the best youngest talent. And you can uh, use a worse selection on a player if their father played for your team. I so do not understand the, this. So it's oh, the really? father-son rule. So right. if 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 I'm a, if I played a hundred games for a team, yeah, um, that team could then select my son with a like a worse draft pick than normal. Oh, okay. that's a, that's 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 a bit odd. That seems a bit strange. What's the logic behind that? I think it's just nice to see sons play for the same teams as their fathers played for. But the sons have to meet some minimum criteria, don't they? They have to be good enough to play first grade. If my, yes. I tell you what, <laughs> I would love for my like, dad to. And his dad can just go, "Oi, you're playing first grade AFL, motherfucker! Get your and kid on." Get on with Sophie the dog under the arm. <laughs> you're on the field looking lost. <laughs> what do I do? 
thump, meat slap. Anyway, sorry, Cameron, continue. All right, so the obvious thing there is, so you then it's really important for these teams to make sons of players really good players okay. because they can draft them easier and bring them mm. into the team. All right. Uh, and so there's there's already a lot of coaching and things going on to get that happen. So I mean that's so my science to this is the fact that I had a look today, and there's no drug testing for junior players. Ooh, ooh. So I will give my uh, future my sons of former players performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> Perfect. From a very young age. <laughs> Love it. Yes. <laughs> Ethics are out the window here. Let's this not is worry. science. Science doesn't care. And these drugs will be chosen such that these children will be massive. All right. All right. So science. <laughs> this is brilliant. So we're going to have some seven foot tall sons yeah. whose fathers are just five and a half feet tall or yeah. whatever regular. They will be really fast. Yeah. Uh, and we'll work on their skills. I don't think there's drugs to work on their skills. And then by the time they're 17... We'll stop this doping program. That's fine, yeah. Uh, but the long-lasting effects. You can't, I mean, massive doesn't go away. Like the fact that they're seven foot tall doesn't yeah. change yeah. after the, the doping stops. But are, there, are there drugs that you can take that will make your offspring taller than you? Sure. I'm sh- I mean, they make chickens massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that does involve. That was, there's a fair bit of selective breeding. The problem for that as is, well, is these people they're going to be huge, but they're going to taste delicious. You're yeah. going to have to stop people eating them before they get. I think there. a bit of genetic modification might be required as well. Yeah. Is my feeling. Yeah. All right, and then my last quick one is that AFL again, not such a thing in rugby, but I think in soccer, is the goal kicking accuracy. So like a penalty shot for soccer or like a, a set shot in atomic, uh, atomic force football. <laughs> football. Good on you, Cameron. Uh, it's only you and your skill or, or the goalkeeper really between you, but still sometimes people miss. Right. Whereas like there's no physical pressure on them. There should be no reason why a player would ever miss a set shot for goal or, a, I don't know, a set kick or whatever happens yeah. in rugby. Yeah. Um, and so... I think that there's a lot of room there to psychologically train a player to get past whatever's actually making them miss in mm. these in these situations. It's pressure. Well, so exactly. It's so pressure. under pressure. Exactly. I will. Uh, I think that there's a uh, somewhere to go f- towards hypnosis to get players to not feel pressure. In these situations, oh yes, is Mate. that science? The most accurate of sciences. That's right, hypnosis. <laughs> I know. Is, uh, have you ever been hypnotized? Or- no, never. Uh, well, do you know what? I I'm sad to say that I was up on stage during uni. Yes, and I did act hypnotized, but I wasn't sure whether I was. It was a weird. There's a theory that people, when they're hypnotized in front front of groups of people, aren't actually hypnotized. It's they're like they're a, just acting up. It's a group psychosis kind of but thing. But does yeah. that sound like me? Someone who would do something to get attention? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's why it worked. <laughs> so I I'm, I don't really know if it's really working or not, but yeah. I found uh, I searched up today and there's a PhD, brilliant PhD thesis by Brian L. Vasquez. Oh, thanks, Brian. Uh, from the Washington State University on the effects of hypnosis on flow. And in the performance enhancement of basketball skills. Oh. So flow there is kind of like getting in the zone. In the zone. 
his uh, summaries of his uh, thesis is that there are some significant improvements in many skills related to basketball mm. uh, for patients subject subjected to hypnosis. Uh, and so I, I will uh, mass hypnotize all of my players into being good at kicking the football. Wow. Love it. Well done, Cameron. <clears throat> all right. Oh, what's that noise? Well, s- it's me clearing my throat as we get ready for the real science this. Science this by Gibbo. He's going right. to clear his throat. Okay. So, look, science this is a bit of a competition between us three to see th- who's the best. And I think we always win. It's and, me, and it is Cameron and I versus I've you. I've been waiting to say this expression, but you two have brought piss to a shit fight. <laughs> Why have you been waiting for that? I saw it on a TV show that Cameron knows as well. Yeah, he talked about it a couple of times yesterday. <laughs> I tend to telecast my, my big moves beforehand. Anyway, so when I think of sciencing football, yeah. I am reminded of the great Alan Partridge. Andy, you know Alan Partridge? Yeah. Aha! Exactly. He's an English media commentator who had his own TV show, Knowing Me, Knowing You with Alan Partridge. <laughs> uh, he now has a radio station show in Norwich in the UK. Aha! Um, when asked what is impression. American football or gridiron, he answered, it's just futuristic rugby. <laughs> so I'm going to do American football. That's right. what's inspired me. So... Um, what methodology do we use in science a lot? So say, for example, you're doing experiments and you've got loads of variables. Yeah. You reduce the variables. Reduce the variables. To work out what, what effect a variable has. Yeah. What are the variables in football? Boring. So players are a variable. Yeah. I'm sick of it. There's too many players. There's too Why? many games. What I'm going to do is for six months of the year, I'm having a normal competition, the normal way they run it, Bunch of teams playing each other. Boring. From that group, a very select few are selected, mm. enough to make two teams. And for the rest of the season, the rest of the year, there is one game per week between these uber players. Okay. Super players. And they're going through a whole battery of tests. Who's the best physically for each position? Who's the best psychologically? Blah, 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 blah. Just name one more. Um, <laughs> fitness, cardiovascular, <laughs> um, meanness and how they look, all that sort of stuff. He, he Ball handling skills, Andy, make a joke. <laughs> or they're warm. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So we're reducing it to a much more intense competition and something, Andy, that you could watch only once a week. I could all struggle right. through it. You, you know, they only play that. once per week at the moment. But there's only two teams playing in my Uber competition. Okay. Now, what's another variable? Uh, Weather. Air. Very good. God, you two have been teeing this Very up. Very good. Now, we're going to reduce air. Ooh. We're going to get rid of air. Ultra we're going to do it in a vacuum. UHV. Yeah. Thank you. See how it's all working in? It's all working. This is how I do this my science. This is how brainstorming I know what's coming and then I work and I weave it all in. Cameron, are you like, you're UHV? like a Are you like a mentalist? God. Like before we even started recording, <laughs> you were saying things to put things in our minds. Hypnosis, my friend. Yeah, Hypnosis. Wow. There's something to it. it so is, we're that, removing... is that why I'm nude right real. now? <laughs> no, no, that was your decision. <laughs> As it is every week. <laughs> I was wondering when you're going to bring that up. Yeah, Jesus, you guys don't know what we have to put up with. All right. 
Now we're getting rid of air, and that means that um, any projectile motion is going to be much easier to predict. Yes. Because in the gridiron, American football players' helmets, yeah. which obviously have, have to carry their own oxygen now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> because they're in ultra high vacuum, yep. they would suffocate oh, so you, otherwise. You have thought about that. That's <laughs> I good. I've thought about that, yeah. But also, um, they would have to wear like a spacesuit, so otherwise, all the liquids would get pulled out from their body. You know the whole. You know the yeah. drill. You okay. know the drill. Yeah. Um. They've got to wear these things. They've got a heads-up display in their helmets. Yeah. And they've got radio, so they're uh, communicating to each other via via the magic of radio. Man on, man on. They already do. Did you know that the quarterbacks are mic'd up and they talk directly to the coach? Oh, do they? Yeah. Weird. That's futuristic rugby, right? It is there. futuristic rugby. And so they've all got heads-up displays. So every time the ball's in motion, the computer can predict exactly where it is, and they can get there. And so they can get all the, you know, they've got to memorize all these different plays yeah, and bullshit not, and things there. like that. It's all there in the heads-up display, just like Iron yeah. Man. Um, it tells them their speed, their position, blah, blah, blah. Now, once you get to the final, well, when they're moving, it tells them their speed. They've probably got GPS. Yeah, I actually, like I thought you said deposition, but you actually said their position. Their position, yeah, yeah. Keep up, Cameron, keep up. Now, when we get to the final, we've got two teams, Right. The final is every week, yeah. though. Who makes it? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I didn't think of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, all right. All right. Sorry. After six months, we have the grand, grand final. Perfect. All the other ones are practice ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. To work out, yeah, to, to, to fine-tune the game yeah. until we get to the absolute. And then, what happens in evolution, people? Things When die. you lose your evolutionary advantage. You die. What happens? You get a small you get willy. better. You can't reproduce or you reproduce less than your competitor and you yeah. die. Yeah. You die. You die. The loser dies. Dies. I like this already. Okay. Now, that's going to probably cause people to maybe not try, try so hard when they're doing the um, you know, the initial selection process cuz if you play in the losing team, you might die. So what you do to to inspire people to want to play in this competition? You hold their family hostage. Very good. I didn't think of that one. <laughs> you or you when, ask them really nicely. Or, or when they win, you give them their heart's desire, whatever they want. And that is anything. I mean anything. If their heart's desire is to vacuum tube Andy and his bumhole, yeah. that's what you give them. That's I what you give them. I want Danny DeVito on a massive popsicle. Yeah. And what do you want to do to him? Not lick him to death? I just want to watch him. I want to watch him melt. Okay. Okay. Well, no, luckily, he, I don't think you'll get selected in this um, in Is this Danny team. DeVito melting? No, no, just the massive popsicle around him, so he slowly emerges. <laughs> oh, so he's within the yeah. massive... I, I, had him, I thought he was sitting on top of the massive popsicle. No. And as it melts, his poor little corpse becomes <laughs> just, revealed. Yeah. <laughs> or is he, is he wearing a, a helmet? Like the yeah, no, yeah, so it's, 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 he's alive. So he's yeah. trapped. Just. <laughs> that's horrible. Anyway, that's what you get. That's science this. Well done, Gibbo. With the tea bone. Thank you. Tea Thank bag. you. Thank you. Tea bag wins. Thank you. You brought piss. I brought shit. I win. Well done. We I all did. brought loads of things. Yeah. Yeah, that was impressive, really. I overall. didn't really get get what you did. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. You, we wouldn't because I scienced it. Well, well, you did something else. <laughs> the science is above your head. Yeah. Way above. <laughs> 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 Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band VoiceRom. Please check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, as well, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, like our Facebook page, join in the forum, and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast onto your device and into your head. 
please. And buy merch. Still zero, by the way. Zero mugs. Andymatter.net. Andymatter.net. Slop. <laughs> Can you make both of them work? I will. I, yeah, I will. Don't worry. <laughs> Easy. You were just listening to Publish Perish Your Podcast. It was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Microsoft Outlook. Trick your IT ignorant friends into thinking you worked really late with Microsoft Outlook, the delayed send feature. Love it. Final farewells. Bye-bye from T-Bone. Goodbye. Bye.